Who the F messed up modern marriage? No, baby, it wasn't you. It was some old-ass ancient monks. What is up, sapiosexuals? Thank you for turning on Sex in South Beach with America Sex Educator. That's me, Dr. Sanjaya, the only Ivy League-educated sexologist and medical professor in the United States. So the sex situation we're getting into right now is all about the biggest problem with marriage. I know you're probably thinking, communication, money, infidelity, being an incompassionate idiot, you know, all the usual things that mess up a relationship. But no, today we are not talking about those regular types of issues. We are talking about the big-ass elephant in the room which nobody acknowledges. Marriage, as we know it, was created by monks. Yes. Now, as a romantic institution, it was absolutely designed to fail. Seriously. Because celibate single monks in the 12th century don't know a thing about trying to make a sexual romance work. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. And if you have never had sex or been married, shouldn't you be the absolute last person in the world in charge of making up rules for people who are actually trying to do the damn thing? That's the big problem with marriage. It was doomed to fail because it was created by people with absolutely no experience. In fact, before the monks and church got involved, marriage was a business arrangement. When a family wanted valuables another family could provide, like a trading relationship, land, wealth, social status, you know what I'm saying, then they arranged a wedding, usually without the bride and the groom's consent. Historically, marriage was the original power game. It was a business opportunity, a hostile takeover, a merger and acquisition. Mm-hmm. And Similar to most business arrangements, sexual attraction was a non-factor in the deal. Mm -mm -mm. Then the church got involved and changed the rules of marriage. Yes, they did. The church changed the game. Around the 12th century, a monk made up some new rules and the single celibate male leaders of the Roman Catholic Church decided all of the sudden newlyweds must have sex in order to legitimize the union. And if they did not consummate the marriage, it was not considered complete. Talk about irony. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church is all up in our bedrooms, isn't it? Mm-mm-mm. And they also decided that the bride and groom had to consent to being wed, which was kind of a nice touch, you know? Since they were now required to have sex, it was good that they actually had to consent to the sex. You know what I'm saying, you know? (laughs) Isn't it crazy that these monks were so successful in making sex essential to marriage and that the rule still stands today? Non-consummation of marriage is actually one of the few legal grounds for an annulment. But here's the clincher. When these men, these Catholic men, who lacked sexual, marital, or even dating experience, 
establish sex as a legitimizing criteria of marriage? Well, they also empowered themselves as regulators of sexual activity with surprising success. By attaching sex as an essential requirement of marriage, they thoroughly convinced society that sex was now a unique condition of marriage. And then they went on and said, all sex outside of a heterosexual marriage is sinful. So they added sex to marriage and then began regulating everyone's sexual activity. We would have all been sinners in the Middle Ages. I see you, boo. I know you had a lot of sex before marriage, and you are not alone. But back in the Middle Ages, even they found a loophole to this rule, and it was called engagement. Those who really wanted to have sex, but they were not ready to be married, well, they could get engaged, have sex, and stay in society's good graces. Which leads me to believe that engagements were quite trendy back in the Middle Ages because intense sexual attraction is hard to deny and it often leads to some amazing sex. However, people, listen up. Orgasms are not the backbone of marriage. Mm -mm -mm. Commitment is. And those are two very different things. <laughs> As we all know, Many people enjoy sex without a desire to be married or in a committed relationship, and vice versa. Many spouses enjoy sex outside of their marriage, but they don't want to get divorced and be single. And of course, there are many, many married people who love having sex with their spouse and cannot imagine it any other way. You know what I'm saying? Everybody likes their own flavor of love. But... One thing is crystal clear. Sex is a behavior. Marriage is an institution, and they are not exclusively intertwined just because some old Catholic monk said so. Mm -mm -mm. And while they might have been convincing for hundreds, thousands of years, the stunt is over, y'all, and nobody is buying it anymore. According to 2019 data from the Pew Research Center, 62% of Catholics believe that casual sex between consenting adults is sometimes or always acceptable. And nearly 90% of adults do have sex before marriage, according to 2017 data from the U.S. Center for Disease Control's National Center for Health Statistics. Apparently, y'all, times have changed, even among Catholics. But get this, beyond casual sex and premarital sex, more married Americans are having sex outside of their heterosexual marriages with their spouse's blessing. Yes, indeed. In 2016, the Kinsey Institute for Research in Sex, Gender, and Reproduction published a study indicating over 20% of American adults have participated in consensual non-monogamy. So right now, what I need you to do is visualize five married couples you know, and then guess which one or two is having extramarital sex because that's what's really going on in marriage these days. And you know what? It has been going on for years. Nearly 40 years ago, the book, American Couples, Money, Work, Sex, it was published in 1983 
Well, it reported that 15% of married couples shared an agreement which allowed for extramarital sex. And swinging? Another variation of consensual non-monogamy? Where committed couples swap sex partners? Well, this was initially popularized around 1940 during World War II. And before the priests got involved in marriage, people were routinely practicing polygamy. You know, being married to more than one person. Now today, if you were to do a quick Google search using the term open marriage, you would find an overabundance of information explaining what it is, how to do it, pitfalls to avoid, and countless examples featured in the New York Times, my very favorite newspaper. The only thing new about consensual non-monogamy or a ethical non-monogamy as is the new buzzword these days, is that more heterosexual adults are open to learning new language and skills to explore this lifestyle without taboo. Let's face it, monogamous, lifelong marriage is really not feasible for the masses. But the future of humankind does depend on sexual relationships and long-term commitments between adults. Kids need parents preferably happy parents. And since traditional marriage has not made most parents happy, alternative commitment styles are being rapidly popularized in attempt to foster happier parents and happier children. More people are evolving from married to married-ish. I just love that word. Now, those who identify as LGBTQ have been doing this since the beginning of time. By forbidding non-heterosexual people to marry for most of history, people had no marriage role models and were forced to customize their own types of commitments according to their individual desires. Monogamish, as coined by Dan Savage, a sex columnist and an openly gay father, well, this term describes the deal he shares with his husband. They're mostly monogamous and occasionally enjoy extramarital sex. Marriedish expands on monogamish and brings new language that heterosexual couples may feel more comfortable identifying with. Because, you know what? The challenge of balancing commitment with sexual desire is real. Mystery fuels desire. The unknown arouses passion. Yet traditional marriage values transparency, stability, and even encourages predictability. You know how it goes. It's Tuesday, so she's playing tennis at six with the girls before they have dinner at smoking salads. Marriage was just not constructed to be sexy or sexually mysterious or surprising. Rather than enjoying the feeling of being high on lust, marriage was designed to provide a stable, non-dramatic rhythm of companionship, which may be why nobody wants to get married anymore. Marriage rates reached an all-time low in 2018, and nearly 40% of American adults now identify as single. This data really shows what's going on. Adults are rejecting traditional marriage in mass. Soon, single people are going to outnumber married people. Marriage is no longer the norm for adults. The monks who designed it never even attempted it. Perhaps they knew all along how impossible it was and are secretly laughing in their monasteries as we continue trying to succeed at it. <laughs> Either way, 
We are not monks and we do not have to live by their rules. We are intelligent adults who are dating, having sex, making babies, and raising families, and we can make up our own playbook. The data shows that's what everyone else is already doing, so you might need to catch up, you hear me? And though we can personalize our playbook to look like a traditional marriage, we certainly don't have to. We're even allowed to make up the rules as we go along. But to navigate this new relationship terrain, we do need new language and different skills. We also need healthy tools to free ourselves from beliefs and value systems that no longer foster evolution as individuals or as healthy, loving families. Relationships can evolve in so many ways, including sexually. And those that don't evolve usually end. So, if your relationship is stagnant, you may want to consider some evolution. You know what I'm saying? Now, even though I'm pretty sure that the monks would disagree with me, as a sexologist, I have learned that sex is perhaps the least important aspect of marriage or commitment. And my expert opinion is that it is time for society to expand the range of acceptable relationship designs and family structures. Looking at relationship trends, it is pretty obvious that future families will look nothing like those who were blessed by the monks in the 12th century. And you know what? That is all right with me. And I hope it's also all right with you, boo. Y'all, I had so much fun chatting you up about monks, marriage, and ethical non-monogamy. And I want to keep the conversation going. For your daily dose of Nookie knowledge, you better check me out on all the social media networks. That's Dr. Sanjaya, D-R-S-O-N-J-I-A on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Come on, baby. It is beyond time to link up. Thanks so much for tuning in to Sex in South Beach. I am Dr. Sanjaya, America's sex educator, and I can't wait to see you next time at Sex in South Beach, where everyone comes for happier, healthier sex. Have you tried Sense Aromatherapy Body Oil? This organic moisturizer hydrates skin, smells amazing, and attracts romantic attention. Plus, Sense naturally stops mosquitoes from biting your beautiful body. Because being eaten should feel good, smell good, feel good with Sense Aromatherapy Body Oil. Get yours on Amazon or SenseBodyOil.com. S-E-N-S-E BodyOil.com.